0: On these three lives. Welcome, listeners, to the 38th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the actual, real, final Seth Rich
1: episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. What I'm about to say is going to be very controversial, but it is 100% true. The only good part of the Mueller Report was the part where it covered Seth Rich. But Julian, you ask, what could lead you to make these claims? Simple. I'm an empiricist. If I gaze over to Jake, for example, I notice that he is currently levitating above his chair. His eyes are silver orbs. His atoms have grown loose, and I can now see through his body. Looking closer, I notice Q-drops orbiting electrons. On a cellular level, I observe dendrites caked in the residue of porno magazines from the late 90s. Huh? This is because, if you've listened to the podcast since the beginning, you know that Jake fucking loves the Seth Rich conspiracy. In fact, he said it was the reason he got into QAnon in the first place. The reason, he later seduced me into starting this very podcast. So in a way, Seth Rich is our Jesus. He died for Jake's sins, all to give the world a middling podcast run by incompetent idiots. Speaking of incompetence, today... We bring you the story of Mr. Rich's murder, the QAnon perspective, and the right-wing media frenzy in the aftermath. Bizarrely, our research also led us into Russiagate, sort of. You'll see. Finally, we will travel back through time 200 years to join William Morgan on his journey to expose the Freemasons, and how he too paid the ultimate price for leaking their secrets to the press. Jake will be our narrator, of course.
2: QAnon News. So, uh, Anthony Camello, the 24 year old man accused of killing Frankie Cali, the reputed mob boss of the Gambino crime family, pleaded not guilty to second degree murder and weapons charges during uh, his April 24th arraignment. Police sources have claimed that Camello researches QAnon online. In a previous court appearance, Camello drew a large Q in the center of his palm and the phrase, Patriots in Charge, which appears to be a variation of the QAnon phrase, Patriots in Control. Uh, interestingly, Kamala's lawyer Robert Gottlieb has claimed that information on his client's computer and cell phones could prove crucial to the case.
1: This is going to be the first <laughs> case where the guy gets off because he's been red pilled. Yeah, and it's like is, considered
2: is, a mental illness. Uh, this is like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, I'm not a defense attorney. I don't know where where exactly his lawyer is going with this pleading yeah. not guilty and then b- like basically blaming online radicalization. Is that even a defense? Well, think about it this
1: way: There's going to be twelve people sitting in that jury box and. Chances are none of them will be brain poisoned by online like oh. we are. So they'll just be like, "What does he believe?" <laughs>
2: that's a good Excuse point. Excuse me, what is right. QAnon? This is
1: fucking. This guy's clearly
2: insane. insane. That's, that's that's the good point. It's like we're gonna have to in, uh, introduce yeah. sort of like this QAnon beliefs to this these twelve normies. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll like freak them out. And yeah, like, and they'll so. be like,
1: "Oh, the guy's he's lost his mind. He thought this guy was a
2: demon who oh. like you. Yeah, you, know, you poor. I man, I I hope his defense." revolves around how awful and false and insane QAnon is because that will resonate through the community. That'll be incredible. Imagine
1: it's like, yeah, the Camelo case that sets the precedent uh, that eventually takes down 8chan.
0: I can almost imagine the lawyer sitting down with Carmelo for the first time and being like, okay, well, all right, Anthony, tell me what happened. He's like, well, uh, uh, I was told by an online, uh, uh, I was told by an online military intel operative that uh, the mafia uh, is involved in human trafficking. Uh, uh, oh, uh, does does this person have a name? Yes, yes, it goes by
1: Q. Q. It's it's essentially our first six episodes, except in a courtroom and there's been a murder. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Jake, please explain this to me. (laughs) Well, you see. Okay, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The murder of Seth Rich with Travis View. Before we get into the conspiracy theories, I want to talk about what we know about the death of Seth Rich. Uh, much of this information comes from the well reported January 18, 2017 article on Seth Rich uh, by Manuel Rog Franzia, published in the Washington Post. In the early dark hours of July 10th, 2016, at Lewis City Bar in Washington, D.C., Seth Rich finished off one of his favorite beers, Bell's Two Hearted Ale. The 27 year old Rich was a regular at the noisy sports bar. They knew him so well that when he ordered the chicken wings, he didn't have to tell them to hold the blue cheese. (laughs) They knew he was lactose intolerant. The bartender would yell out, do with Seth style. (laughs) That night, Rich had career and girl problems on his mind. Rich worked long days at uh, the Democratic National Committee as a director of voter expansion data. However, he'd secured another job opportunity, a position with the campaign of Hillary Clinton, who had secured the Democratic nomination. But this presented a problem for rich Uh, the new job required him to move to new york city his girlfriend was in dc this was causing friction around closing time he ventured out to walk to his home a red brick house he shared with friends which was 1.8 miles away for unknown reasons he didn't head straight home which was about a 40 minute walk on foot instead he took a slower route walking alone for three hours according to seth rich's father joel rich the last person seth spoke to on the phone was his girlfriend At 2.05 a.m., Seth Rich called his girlfriend, who that night was at her home state of Michigan. They spoke for 89 minutes. Then the call dropped. A few minutes later, he called her again. They spoke for 43 more minutes. According to Joel Rich, quote, she heard some voices or something. She asked, are you home? He said, yeah, I'm a block away. I'm home, he said. I have to go, end quote. Seth Rich didn't sound alarmed. His girlfriend went to bed thinking that there was nothing amiss. Minutes later, Seth Rich was fatally shot. At 4.19 a.m., police patrolling nearby responded to gunshots that were recorded by the Spotter gunfire locator system. The police found the still-alive Rich about a block and a half from his home. Rich had suffered multiple gunshot wounds in his back. About one hour and 40 minutes later, Seth Rich died at a local hospital. Though the investigation is ongoing, police and Seth Rich's parents suspect it was a botched robbery, even though his wallet, keys, cell phone, and watch were not taken. However, his watch band was damaged in an apparent struggle. Seth Rich's mother told the NBC affiliate WRC-TV, quote, There had been a struggle. His hands were bruised. His knees are bruised. His face is bruised. And yet he had two shots to his back. And yet they never took anything. They didn't finish robbing him. They just took his life. End quote.
1: So, so um, when you look at this, I mean... First of all, if he got shot in the back and then fell forward, wouldn't the knees and the hands and the face all take the impact?
2: I mean, yeah, that's that's possible.
1: I mean, okay, if I were to posit what happened, just from the, the, the bruises and stuff, it would be they were mugging him. They started trying to pull off his watch. It became a struggle. He pulled away, ran. They shot him in the back, and he fell forward. They realized, fuck, dude, why did you shoot him, you fucking moron? And they ran.
2: That's, that's a plausible scenario, yeah. yeah. Or
1: it was Hillary Clinton.
2: She appeared to him in a,
0: <laughs> in a, in a white pantsuit. Uh, Wraith-like, like hovering <laughs> above him like a
2: ghost. By all accounts, Seth Rich was a passionate, smart, fun-loving man whose lifelong work in politics stemmed from his desire to improve the country. He loved pandas so much, he named his Twitter Instagram account <laughs> Pandas for Progress. On his Reddit account, Rich often posted about Nebraska football, cute animals on the RR subreddit, and bicycling. He hung an American flag above his bed and was photographed completely decked out in America flag clothing, stars and stripes on his shirt, pants, socks, shoes, and beer cozy. After he died, Rich's parents found a draft email he wrote directed to an unknown recipient that read, quote, all my life, I've only wanted to make a difference so that I might be able to one day tell people that I mattered, end quote. Seth Rich's murder remains unsolved. This case is one of over 60 D.C. area unsolved murders from 2016, according to the Metropolitan Police Department website. Anyone with legitimate information about the death of Seth Rich is encouraged to call the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department at 202-727-9099. QAnon and Seth Rich Seth Rich is one of those conspiracy theories that was folded into the QAnon universe uh, but like usual, uh, like Q, like takes an already baseless, wacky conspiracy theory and just adds to it, just, yeah. just in its own Q-like way, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so Q references Seth Rich in over a dozen Q drops. Uh, Q first mentioned Seth Rich all the way back in November fourth, two thousand seventeen, and here's where that Q drop says:
0: Why is AG Session slash POTUS prioritizing removal of MS thirteen? Why is A.G. Sessions slash POTUS prioritizing building the wall? Immigration? Drugs? Who do you hire for a hit? Who can be eliminated after the job is complete? Seth Rich. Who was found dead, too, shortly after his murder? What affiliation
2: did they have? Classified. Q. The basic theory that they are pushing in these early days is that MS-13 was like a private hit squad for the Democratic Party. And because they're so uh, vicious and sort of like so so looked down in sort of like society, they could be they themselves can be eliminated and provide no sort of connection to the Democrats. And nobody will
0: ask any question.
2: So in April 14th, 2018, Q drop and Anon asked Q, when will we find out about Seth Rich in Las Vegas? And here's how Q responded. Seth
0: Rich connect to DNC, MS13, Julian Assange.
2: Why did the Democrats push legal rep on family? June ETA, Q. The bit about why did Democrats push legal rep on family may be referring to Brad Bauman, the Democratic communications consultant who worked as a spokesperson for the Rich family. Uh, Bauman actually later filed lawsuit against America First Media and three individuals who he alleges peddled false claims about him in relation to the Seth Rich conspiracy theory. Also, uh, though Q seemed to say that there was a June ETA for big happenings about Seth Rich, there wasn't really any significant June 2018 events about that issue. Uh, Anon's on Q research also noticed this. On June 26, 2018, Anon asked Q, Seth Rich and Julian Assange, anything? Here's how Q responded. Server unlocks Seth Rich. MS-13-2187 nearby.
0: Phones unlock command and control. ETA estimated.
1: (laughs) It has begun. Too. So the ETA is estimated, <laughs> but it's also begun. Not how ETA works. Yeah,
2: I love that. You basically repeated. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, well, I said ETA, the E in ETA is estimated. estimated. Just, estimated. just a reminder. Arrival, yes. First, we have to arrive, and then
1: it's already begun. Has but begun? Oh, wait, so we're late to it. It's like we're late to the wedding.
2: Yes, but
0: purposely, stylishly <laughs> even.
1: Right. All part of the plan. All part of
0: the plan. Don't be worried.
1: ETA estimated. I'm 20 minutes away, man. I'm so sorry, man. I I know you picked me as your dude for this <laughs> wedding, but like, come on, man. Just wait a second. Don't Tra- start.
0: Traffic really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Had to stop and get gas. 101 congested.
2: <laughs> the last time that Q referenced Seth Rich was December 12th, 2018. During a QA and a session, Anon asked, is Seth Rich alive? And Q answered, nope.
1: Wow, so yeah, he's pretty clear again, just like JFK Jr. I'm sure yeah, this, right. will, this will work.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. This It's one of those things where during the Q&A session, it seemed like it, it was an opportunity for Q to uh, sort of try to squash down the craziest conspiracy theories. Be mm-hmm. like, oh, no, the, the world is not flat. JFK Jr. is in fact dead, and also uh, Seth Rich wow. is uh, not alive. But aliens? Potentially.
1: Yeah, maybe <laughs> aliens. Yeah. I do like the idea of going to an upper-middle-class family and be like, okay, listen, we're going to hide your son forever after this. Also, you have to fake grieve for two years while you fight off weird conspiracy theories. What do you think? And they're like, to save this great nation? Absolutely. We're <laughs> right. like, we will, tr- we will wire transfer 125
0: yeah. million into your account. <laughs> <laughs> the spread of the Seth Rich Conspiracy Theory with julian
1: field before seth rich even entered into public consciousness a related conspiracy theory had been around for a while its name the clinton body count it posits that the power couple have murdered over 50 people in their entourage hell yeah let's I've, fucking go i've seen claims that just like have upped it to like over 90 uh this is of course 100 percent true bill starts the fights and then he holds the victim at arm's length by pressing his palm to their forehead The victim then swings his or her arms in the air, failing to reach the former president, who at this point, of course, is laughing. And that's when Hillary appears behind the person and flicks their ear so hard that their entire skeletal structure collapses like a Jenga tower. Hillary and Bill then scoop up the person's remains, laying them out on a long silver platter, Mm -hmm. from which they dine profusely, Mm -hmm. pausing in their feeding only to scratch their buttholes or burp loudly. Oh yeah. All of the above has happened
3: over 50 times.
1: It's an outrage, and one the media would do well to stop ignoring. All of this to say that when Seth Rich was murdered, the forebears of today's Anons were immediately suspicious. The two first Twitter users to post about the conspiracy are now big fans of QAnon, which should come as no surprise. Users of the r thedonald subreddit quickly began posting about the conspiracy. The original theory posits that Seth Rich was on his way to the FBI with the intention of snitching on the Clintons and pulling down their vast empire of murder and corruption. Which, uh, in effect, means that he was like, oh, let me grab some chicken wings before I head to the FBI. Also, let me take the three-hour uh, you know, roundabout way and walk through the streets to the FBI, which is open, by the way, at, the, at this hour. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of different amazing stuff there. In August of that year, Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, added fuel to the fire by appearing on a Dutch news show and intimating that Seth Rich had been the source of the DNC email leaks. This story is so fascinating. Even with no conspiracy, it's, like, a, a fascinating...
0: The story
2: itself is so fascinating. Like, yeah. yeah. how, yeah, like, a tragic death could just be weaponized. How, like, mm-hmm. these people were, like, oh, awesome, here's a convenient narrative. They still go go about it on the Donald. I mean,
0: every now and again, you see a giant... Uh, that same picture of him in the Fourth of July You're stuff, right. and they're, like... Patriot. Yeah, they're, like, never forget this patriot. Like, he died. He died to, like, bring us the truth.
1: Yeah.
3: And it's based on nothing. It's I'm insane. telling you, he
1: died to bring us this podcast, guys.
3: WikiLeaks never sits on material. Uh, whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material, and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, there's no finding. So. Uh, I love that. What, what are you suggesting? Yeah, I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks, and they are, they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. But was he one uh, of your sources then? I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. But why make but the suggestion about a young guy being shot we, in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand uh, how high the stakes. Are, uh, in the United States, and that our sources are, you know, our sources face serious risks. Uh, that's why they come to us so we can protect uh, their anonymity. Uh, but it's quite and, something to suggest a murder. So that's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have, have suggested that. Uh, <laughs> we are investigating to understand uh, what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is uh, a concerning situation. Uh, there's not a conclusion yet. We w- wouldn't be willing to uh, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. I mean, this yeah. whole thing is Julian Assange's fault. Yes, I mean, yeah. this really you'll, whole you'll thing,
1: see, you'll see that it absolutely is. This
0: whole thing is his fault. I mean, if because because I remember like on the boards and shit when that video came out, and that was the fuel for the fire. I oh, mean, really. Yeah. I mean, really. Because, because, I mean, what else are you going to think? You've got the guy who at who do, who we know released these documents, implying uh, almost incessantly that that Seth Rich was the guy
1: who 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 leaked from the DNC. I how mean, w- how would you guys like a media in America that does the job this man does in two minutes, and they can't pull off in a one-hour interview <laughs> yeah. of just being like? No, what you're saying is this. Okay, what you're saying is this. Okay, what you're saying is this. And stop letting people worm around their fucking... Well, I don't know. I just brought it up. Bullshit. Yeah. Oh, but, he's yeah. like,
2: yeah, he did. Yeah, the reporter did an incredible I job. Like, so he, he he as soon as he spoke, like he knew what exactly what the fuck Assange was trying to do. Yeah. And he fucking he tried to and he did it. He did it with like, "Oh, you're implying this. Is he a source? Let's let's let's, let's cut the bullshit, yeah. man." And one um,
1: of the saddest things is that the first big colonies in the United States were Dutch people and this could be a Dutch country and mm-hmm. instead, it's a failed British state. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so sad it's like the way he transitioned from like all uh, our sources go to um incredible risk uh, you know there's this guy uh, Seth, Seth Rich. Rich who died i not the saying way, he's a source like it, yeah it, yeah you are you yeah, asshole you're totally you are. fucking piece of shit
1: and if you think that you're not going to affect him because he's dead he has a brother and a family oh, yeah, and you're yeah. busting him as a wikileaks source I mean, you're putting him in great, him and his family, mm-hmm. or his legacy for right. sure, and his family right. in great dangers. Even if he was your source and was murdered for the reasons you're kind of, you know, trying to intimate. Um, yeah, you're it's you're wrong. What you're doing. Yeah, it, and you're also at the same time. It's it seems
0: unproductive to uh, then scare future sources into thinking, oh shit,
1: if I leak something to WikiLeaks, I might be shot in the back. You know, one it's of like, the, right. the saddest things about what he's doing is he's completely reversing. All the positive attention and the the positive development from having created WikiLeaks in the first place. Of
2: course, yeah, you know, I mean, he's, absolutely. And he's
1: saying, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not, we're not hiding or not, we're not selectively releasing." It's like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> it just so happens that before the Republican uh, was elected, you suddenly had a ton of dirt on Democrats and nothing on Republicans. Yes, that's how information works. Like you're <laughs> you're you're covering everybody, and then suddenly it becomes one sided. And I, I don't know, it, it just reeks of someone who hated Hillary Clinton, had a personal vendetta against her for probably correct reasons, which is that she loves to prosecute the hell out of whistleblowers, and did so with Obama.
0: she also uh, She also was rumored to have remarked about
1: Julian Assange, can't we just drone the guy? I mean, and bottom line is... The guy is willing to sacrifice his entire organization and all the progress that was made with kind of making um, leaks and making whistleblowers like more comfortable with coming forward. He's reversed all of that because... He wanted to protect himself and just didn't like a particular person. yeah,
0: which also which also I, I think adds fuel to the conspiracy fire because yeah. people would say, well, why would he do? I mean, wiki I mean, one thing about WikiLeaks is they've always been right. I mean, nobody has ever challenged the documents that they've dumped as uh, you know false.
1: Uh, so I- in, in a way- this case, the emails uh, actually had been doctored by the GRU team. We'll, we'll look at this later, but they they modified certain things like timestamps specifically to enhance the narrative and the order of operations that would allow Seth Rich to be the suspect of uh, the leaks itself. Mm, interesting. Yeah, okay. you'll you'll see a little bit what 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 happened. But no, in general, they don't release false information, and the timestamps were very innocuous. All they did was, I believe, change the month or something like that. So it's not like they had like you know redacted or modified a big part. It would be very hard hard to you know figure out that like the timestamp was off by a month or something like that you know So what uh, Julian Assange was intimating is, of course, highly improbable, mostly due to the fact that Seth Rich died on July 10th, and according to the Mueller report, Assange received the DNC emails four days later on July 14th, and then published them another eight days later on the 22nd. The report also claims that Guccifer 2.0, a Russian intelligence officer, was the actual source of the leak. This means that Assange probably knew he was lying when he made his claims on Dutch TV. Later in the month, Assange doubled down by going on Fox News and announcing to Megyn Kelly that WikiLeaks was offering a $20,000 reward to anybody with information leading to Seth Rich's killers.
3: Why are you so interested in Seth Rich's killer? We're very interested in anything that might be a threat to alleged WikiLeaks sources. The police have offered $25,000. We we have offered $20,000. We're not saying that Seth Rich's death necessarily is connected to our publications that's something that has to be established but if there's any question uh, about a source of wikileaks uh, being threatened uh, then uh, people can be assured that this organization uh, will go after uh, anyone who may have been involved in some kind of attempt to coerce or uh, possibly uh, in this case, uh, kill a potential source.
0: Here's a here's a question for you guys. Just just playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. Um. It, is there a chance that maybe Seth Rich, let's say, let's say he was the leaker, okay, and let's say he went through a, a n- different channels, and and Assange didn't really know where the information came from. I don't know how it works with WikiLeaks, but is it possible? that Assange didn't know where the information came from, saw the timing, saw the murder, knew who he worked for, um looked at the, you know, looked at the nature of the of the information that was channeled and thought, "Oh, well maybe
1: this could have been the guy." So WikiLeaks tends to release documents that they know the source of specifically because otherwise they're going to be used as a propaganda tool. Right. So it is your responsibility, no matter what, as Julian Assange, to make sure that your source is actually someone credible. If it were Seth Rich, for example, credible because he might have access to part of the DNC network. Yeah. Either way, if you look at this, let's let's think of the two scenarios. If Seth Rich is his source, he knows it, I believe. And so he's doing something that is wrong here because he keeps saying alleged and stuff like that. Right. So either you stop peddling the narrative and you do the research behind the scenes. Or you straight up say, this is a disturbing murder, WikiLeaks wants in, but we he is not a source of WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. So you, there's several paths to being honest in what you're doing, no matter what you believe as Assange, and he's not taking any of them. And so to me, it's very clear that in this case, he was like, uh, I don't want to claim it's him because that's wrong. But I also don't want people to keep looking at the Russian operation, right. uh, the the veracity of the Guccifer 2.0 uh, claims of him being uh, him or her being a kind of sole uh, solo hacker from Romania yeah. that would be unconnected to the, the Russians. So yeah, I don't know. Like I just don't buy it on any level uh, that, that he's doing this for anything else than personal benefit. And because, think about it this way, if... WikiLeaks had taken stuff that they knew came from the Russian government and released it, and ignored some other information. WikiLeaks itself would be discredited; his mm-hmm. entire life's work would be discredited if he took r- what he knew was Russian information that right. was like hacked and then released only that in a prelude to the election. Yeah,
2: he's not the sort of like a international sort of transparency project anymore. He's just a tool of an authoritarian state. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and 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 or he he decided to be that temporarily suspending the operation that, that was transparent for his own benefit and to save the operation from the result of choices he made that compromised his own, uh, operation. And I mean, I get it. You're living in like a fucking single room in like the Ecuadorian, uh, <laughs> embassy. You're, you're literally skating in circles, right? I mean, I saw f- footage of him trying to skate, by the way, how does he skate so badly? I, I, It it looked like a grandmother trying to get on a board. Either way, I understand. He, like, went kind of crazy and eventually was like, why am I locked in here? Fucking Hillary Clinton. If you look at the Slack records that were released of Assange discussing this stuff, you can see. Like, you can see what his intentions are. And he straight up is like, we need to get her out. Like, we need to make sure she never exceeds to power because, A, she's a hawk. And, B, she's going to fucking, like, either drone bomb me me or, or jail me like Chelsea Manning. So I do believe... Like this doesn't discredit to me Snowden Manning mm-hmm. this discredits Julian Assange in fact it doesn't even need to discredit WikiLeaks if he had half a spine he would say i'm giving wikileaks over i've been compromised by my own decisions and the truth is i will be in danger no matter what but i want wikileaks to continue because the project matters more than me right and of course the irony is that the you know trump trump got elected got into power
0: and and two years later they fucking extracted him and indicted him in the united states like (laughs) it it wasn't
1: fucking hillary clinton it was your boy Uh, D to the J to the T. If he truly believed that Donald Trump was going to have his back, after calling him, by the way, a threat to the United States, someone trying to attack and undermine the United States, and calling for his arrest, which he had done in the past before WikiLeaks did the leaks of the emails, and then he said, oh, WikiLeaks is
2: great. Yeah, yeah. I love WikiLeaks. Yeah, he praised it over and over again. So someone
1: that flighty you're going to count on.
2: Uh, you know it is a he would be in a long line of people who have been screwed over by donald trump yeah, so <laughs> so uh
1: it's true they always end up being pulled th- out of their house like stone and yeah I be it. like
2: oh yeah it's like they, they all think oh, okay if i yeah oh he's my boy if yeah. i'm loyal to him if i help serve him if i boost him then he's gonna look out for me too they no. all think this it think, never happens think
1: about what tony did he fucking killed chris He fucking killed pussy. He fucking killed them all. (laughs) They get taken out eventually. You fucking, it's blood in, blood out, buddy.
0: Yeah. You play with Trump,
1: you're going to get burned.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you play with Trump, you're going to get
1: dumped. (laughs) (laughs) So Sean Hannity, uh, you know, he's known as the guy who peddled this, but actually he did not immediately jump on the bandwagon. But he did admit that Assange's comments about Rich were fascinating. Uh, his colleagues, of course, Eric Bolling and Monica Crowley, didn't pussyfoot around as much. They directly named Hillary Clinton and claimed that, quote, where there is smoke, there is fire. Which, by the way, is, as a journalist, something you never want to let pass your lips. Because right. that's not how investigations work. Right. <laughs> You're like, we, we, have, we cannot confirm. But this is a rumor... That we're going to give you and right. also be like, well, you know, rumors. You know how rumors work. They're always right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the fuck, right. you're a
1: journalist. You're a journalist. You got to report on the actual
2: fire after it's confirmed.
1: It doesn't matter, though. If you, look, uh, if you listen to our, our Fox episode, you know that it's not a journalistic operation. It was just mounted as a propaganda uh, outfit. So it makes sense. Roger Stone, a Trump ally and longtime Republican hatchet man, jumped straight onto the bandwagon, tweeting, quote, "...four more dead bodies in the Clintons' wake? Coincidence? I think not." He had long been a proponent of the Clinton body count conspiracy, so this should come as no surprise. Then the election happened. Donald Trump became the president, and there was little strategic sense in continuing to spread the Seth Rich conspiracy theory, but that did not stop Sean Hannity, who had become its highest profile champion he was not alone. In May of 2017, a guy called Rod Wheeler went on Fox 5 DC and repeated the claim that there was evidence of Seth Rich contacting WikiLeaks. This Fox News contributor and former homicide detective posited that law enforcement were responsible for a cover-up. When asked if his sources had linked Rich to WikiLeaks, Wheeler reportedly said, quote, absolutely, yeah, that's confirmed. Rod's comments, of course, blew up on right-wing media. A Breitbart headline read, Not Russia, but an inside job? A drudge headline read, Dead DNC staffer had contact with WikiLeaks. And a Fox News story read, Slain DNC staffer had contact with WikiLeaks, Investigator says. Rod had been bankrolled in his, quote, investigation by a man called Ed Butowski, a prominent Trump supporter. Apparently, the duo met with Sean Spicer at some point, the White House press secretary at the time, and they briefed him on the Seth Rich story. Butowski... Batowski, it would later be revealed, had contacted the Rich family soon after Seth's death, attempting to get their blessing to bankroll an investigation of the murder. The Mourning family, unsurprisingly, were lukewarm about the idea, but they didn't fight him. Then, several other news outlets attempted to verify Rod Wheeler's claims, and the story fell apart. He told several outfits that he had no evidence to suggest Rich had contacted WikiLeaks before his death. Wheeler even told BuzzFeed News, quote, That story on Fox 5 last night was inaccurate. I don't even know where the computers are. Uh, Didn't that story quote him? (laughs) It's very hard to (laughs) wash your hands of your previous quote. (laughs) So then Hannity, who was going ham every day on Fox about Seth Rich, suddenly stopped mentioning him on air. That's because the Rich family had hit Fox with a lawsuit. And, uh, of course, they were pissed that their dead family member was being used as a political cudgel with little evidence to support the claims. Aaron Rich sent a letter to Hannity's producer.
0: Think about how you would feel losing a son or brother. And while dealing with this, you had baseless accusations
1: of your lost family member being part of a vast conspiracy. Here's a selection of Hannity bits about Rich,
2: just so you understand the tone. Another massive breaking news story. Explosive developments in the mysterious murder of former DNC staffer Seth Rich. (laughs) This issue is so big now that the entire Russia collusion narrative is hanging by a thread. Is there any evidence that he might have been disgruntled that the treatment of Bernie Sanders and the unfairness and that the fix was in to to put Hillary in that position and maybe add evidence of that? (laughs) Out of respect for the family's wishes for now, I am not discussing this matter at this time. I am continuing the work that I promise to do every day for you. And at the proper time, we shall continue and talk a lot more. Yes. Uh, yeah, Handy touches on uh, another element the conspiracy theory there about basically the narrative that Seth Rich was a Bernie bro who was outraged yeah. at at DNC's shoddy treatment uh, of Bernie. And so this is why he decided what motivated him to uh, leak these emails.
1: The only time that uh, Fox News is even vaguely uh, sympathetic to Bernie is when they think it can hurt Hillary in some way. <laughs> they yeah. just fucking hate her so much. They're like, you know what? This socialist ain't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Hillary. <laughs> Multiple of Sean Hannity's advertisers threatened to pull the plug in reaction to the public outrage over his repeated comments. Fox retracted the Seth Rich claims as a result, but Hannity refused to back down, tweeting, Okay, to be clear,
0: I am closer to the truth than ever. Not only am I not stopping, I am working harder. Updates when available. Something else he said on his radio show was, All you in the liberal media, I am not
1: Fox.com or FoxNews.com. I retracted nothing. His ratings apparently spiked after he made the remark. He followed this by visiting Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy and exchanging messages with Kim.com, the flamboyant founder of Mega Upload. This is pretty funny considering Hannity had previously called for Assange's arrest and claimed he was, quote, waging war against the U.S., By ceasing to mention Seth Rich on Fox, but continuing to do so on Twitter, radio, etc., Sean Hannity effectively dodged a lawsuit and the loss of his advertisers while allowing the conspiracy theory to fester. This, of course, was beneficial to Trump. It distracted from the ongoing claims of malfeasance surrounding the emails and Russiagate in general. There is also evidence that the Russian intelligence agency known as GRU pushed to implicate Seth Rich by changing the timestamps on the email files they sent to WikiLeaks. In 2018, under Trump, Robert Mueller and the Department of Justice convicted 12 Russian agents who were involved in an intelligence operation that carried out cyber attacks on the Clinton campaign. The evidence uncovered by the DOJ included an attempted cover-up by the GRU, who tried to blame a Romanian hacker known as Guccifer 2.0. In the process, the GRU agent who was posting as Guthriefer 2.0 accidentally forgot to turn on his VPN, and U.S. intelligence traced the post back to a GRU Moscow office.
2: This is interesting because... It showed that uh, Russian intelligence knew the value of the conspiracy theory and the want to support it. And also that if Robert Mueller had found any
1: evidence of collusion, he would have found it through this investigation and tapping... Of these twelve GRU agents, because they would have been the first point of contact with the uh, with the Trump campaign, and he didn't. I mean, he found like some weird fucking like other shit that like these idiots around Trump were were like taking money from like the Turkish government and like weird shit. Some of them, there was some Russian shit involved, but there's no evidence that the twelve GRU agents who were sitting in that office, uh, you know, spying on the Clinton campaign, and we'll see later trying to fish for emails and stuff like that. Uh, was in any way in contact with Trump, just that they wanted Trump to win. This is actually in line uh, with the techniques that Vladislav Surkov has brought to the Putin government. Uh, The technique, of course, is to put out as much information as possible in all directions you know, proving that you're a bad person, proving that you're a good person. And then you fund left-wing, you fund right-wing, you fund extremists, you fund centrists, you sure. fund everyone until... You create noise. Yeah, until, it, it, until the average person disconnects because they feel like they cannot possibly understand the entire situation. And getting Trump elected is the perfect way to sow confusion and a general mess in the, uh, you know, kind of American body politic. And I think that was something that Putin wanted. Assange also wanted that. Did they get together? Was Assange a Russian agent? No. I think that what they wanted aligned. hmm A British guy called Tim Leonard, who has a history of collecting and sharing books on disinformation, mounting pro-Russian ops through various media outlets, and palling around with shady accounts on Gab, then started putting up dummy websites designed to make a variety of claims, all pointing to Guccifer 2.0 not being Russian and acting alone. He employed multiple aliases and posted to a variety of social media sites with a specific goal, to wash the hands of the GRU push the guchifer 2.0 narrative, and blame Seth Rich for leaking the emails from inside the DNC. But actually, it appears that none of Tim Leonard's often contradictory claims are true, except to Jake, of course, who undoubtedly got red-pilled by an Adam Carter post on Reddit around this time. Longtime experts have said Adam Carter was an alias Leonard created as a composite of all-American actor names from the 90s, an alias specifically designed to trick Jake into starting this podcast. Uh, and, uh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, none of that's true, but it is true that uh, Leonard used Adam Carter as his main account. And by the way, Adam Carter still up there, still fucking trading barbs and being reposted by supposedly real journalists. It's insane. And no one has paid attention. to He's just
0: like a, a fucking phantom.
1: He's he's No, he's been outed completely. In fact, you'll see, he gets tricked into fucking giving himself away in an incredibly stupid way. Um, in July 2018, longtime investigative journalist Duncan Campbell published an extensive article detailing the GRU operation.
0: They use multiple units to conduct large-scale cyber operations to interfere with the 2016 U.S. presidential election, according to the U.S. hacking indictment. The operations involved, quote, staged releases of documents stolen through computer intrusions, end quote, including by Guccifer 2.0, WikiLeaks, and DCLeaks, another front observed being set up by the GRU. Security experts have been stunned by the depth and detail of U.S. intelligence information on the hackers in the indictment. Some of the detail could likely have only come as the results of counterattacks on the GRU, implanting malware that was copying screens and keystrokes at the same time they were doing the same to officials in the Democratic Party. The main Russian attack began in March 2016 and used large-scale phishing attacks that acquired the email accounts of members of Hillary Clinton's campaign team, including campaign chairman John Podesta. Stage releases began in June of 2016.
1: So my favorite part about this is that the article was written for Computer Weekly, and Leonard's web of bullshit was exposed by a handful of IT websites from the UK, the same country that Leonard is from. In fact, Leonard got found out because his spy work is more than a bit sloppy. During their research on Adam Carter, for example, a Computer Weekly editor emailed Leonard to ask some questions. A few hours later, the editor was followed on Twitter by the Adam Carter alias account. (laughs) For all of this and more on Tim Leonard and the GRU operation, I really recommend reading the fascinating article by Duncan Campbell entitled, quote, Britain ran pro-Kremlin disinformation campaign that helped Trump deny Russian links. Uh, Honestly, personally, I'm surprised it has not become central to people's perception of the Russiagate scandal. In it, uh, Campbell details both the Russian and American teams that he claims constructed the narrative around Guccifer 2.0 and were the sources of the leaked emails. I myself was surprised by the information it contained and give little credence to the majority of Russiagate stuff, so I decided to do a little research on Campbell to verify his credentials. It turns out the guy has been doing high-profile investigative work ranging back to the 1980s, mostly on government and intelligence agency Malfeasance. He also founded the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists and has won multiple awards for his work. So yeah, I, I mean, I personally think his, his piece is credible. And if you read it, you'll see just how meticulous and thorough his research is, which to be honest, in this media landscape might have been his downfall. The article is like about four times longer than the average article. It goes into incredible technical detail and depth, and it's as if it never was published. <laughs> right. Because it's the most clear description of what happened that i've ever read and a lot of it checks out
2: right because yeah the truth is uh, is boring and unexciting and uh the yeah. uh, really well ev- evidence claims uh are just not interesting to people well yeah. one <laughs> of the thing
1: that's... one of the things that that was in the the article that t- to be honest i became curious uh but but jake sent me was this idea that there's a VIPs team right the veterans for
0: veterans of intelligence, intelligence something the, or whatever other. it's
1: old it's old people who who were in Uh, who were once in uh, intelligence, and they got together to determine, you know, whether the emails, um, you know, showed Russia or not. They determined it did not show Russia. But actually, that information being pushed out by the media ignores the fact that that decision was actually contested by intelligence people, and most of the people in that meeting refused to sign the agreement that Russia was, in fact, not responsible. Later, the investigative journalist Campbell invited Binney, who was the main proponent... Right. to his house and was like, let me show you these emails and let's go over what happened. By the end of it, Benny said, actually, you're right. I misinterpreted these documents and mm-hmm. it is not true that the Russians were not involved. He even, Campbell, because he knows people are not going to believe him, has a picture of him and Benny like sitting next to each other going over the documents <laughs> just to be like, no, it's true. Benny it came and looked
0: and we determined together. Right. I, I did some further research on that document that the VIPS uh, produced and... Um, I guess I guess what it seems most likely is that they made that assumption based on fabricated data that was given to them.
1: Well, they made it based on the timestamps, which were later determined to have been modified yeah. afterwards right. and basically kind of like, yeah, retroactively modified before they were leaked yeah. um, after the Seth Rich murder. Seth Rich died on the 14th and on the 22nd, WikiLeaks released the emails. So Travis also uprooted some information on why the DNC got hacked so bad in the first place. The failure to require two-factor authentication may have allowed the GRU to fish their way into the system and install malware, much the same that I've done to, you know, all the Discord people uh, with their Steam accounts. (laughs) <laughs> F- phishing if you aren't familiar it's with a ph is the practice of sending official looking emails that invite the victim to log into the service in question like paypal or gmail when the victim uses the link provided it sends them to a dummy website that looks legit at which point they quote log in but in fact what's happening is that they're getting their password stolen the gru apparently breached the dnc by phishing a single DCCC employee which is the congressional committee part Uh, of the DNC, who had access to the DNC network. And then from there, they used malware to capture more passwords and eventually get access to 33 different computers within the Democratic National Committee, including, of course, infamously, John Podesta's. 2018 was quite a year for the Seth Rich conspiracy in general. In March, Seth's brother Aaron Rich sued the Washington Times and other smaller outlets for continuing to spread the Seth Rich WikiLeaks conspiracy and alleging that Aaron was the IT mastermind and co-conspirator behind the leaks. This was true, as Aaron Rich is among the few men who has hacked what the community refers to as the Three Jewels. These are the DNC network, the Gibson supercomputer, and a Nintendo 64 emulator known as Mario Skirt 64. <laughs> so he, uh, obviously it's not true. He, he, yeah, he was not involved in it. So when Aaron finally sued these
2: places, uh, he put the claims that he was trying to refute into the lawsuit. Aaron worked with his brother, Seth, to steal and leak DNC documents to WikiLeaks, including serving as their information technology expert that made the leak of documents to WikiLeaks possible.
0: Aaron received money into his own bank account from WikiLeaks for helping Seth provide those stolen documents.
2: Aaron knew in advance that his brother was going to be murdered for his role in leaking documents to WikiLeaks, but did nothing to stop it, and even warned Seth's girlfriend in advance to break up with him to protect her own safety.
1: <laughs> that one is outrageous. Wow, crazy. <laughs> Jesus.
2: Aaron has covered up his involvement in his purported role in leaking documents to WikiLeaks and... Aaron has obstructed justice by interfering with law enforcement efforts to bring his brother's murderer to justice, including his purported refusal to provide law enforcement with access to investigative materials. This
1: must have been not just personally hurtful to him, but also incredibly embarrassing because he's in, like, high-level kind of, like, (laughs) defense stuff, and they're just like... Uh, dude, are you a fucking hacker, man? Are you a secret hacker, dude? Yeah, like, what's going on, dude? Like, did you know that your brother was gonna get murdered? Dude, why did you murder your own brother? In October of 2018, the Washington Times issued an apology and retraction for the article they had published claiming that it was, quote, well-known in intelligence circles that Seth Rich and his brother, Aaron Rich, downloaded the DNC emails and were paid by WikiLeaks for that information. Aaron reacted in the aftermath of their apology.
2: The last two years have brought unimaginable pain and grief to my family and me, Aaron Retch said. I lost my only brother to a murder that to this date has not been solved, only to then have politically motivated conspiracy theorists falsely accuse me of grotesque criminal acts. I accept the Washington Times' retraction and apology, and I am grateful that the Washington Times has acknowledged the indisputable truth that these allegations are, and always have been, false." As to the remaining defendants, I look forward to my day in court. Ooh, intimidating.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the other ones are like, I think it's like a guy from America First, like you mentioned earlier. And there's a guy called Matthew Couch. And I was not, uh, fully aware of this guy, but he's just a fucking like hundred and fifty K follower, crank ass Oh my God. He lunatic. is yeah Matthew
2: Couch is like the fucking worst. Like he is like just the the shameless grifter. Like yeah. he like he, he like tweets about hey I'm uh I'm doing uh, I'm doing really great Seth Rich investigation so so kicking some money to a Patriot and then he, he throws up his PayPal like incredible is like I was like like uh my, my biggest donation today is eighty bucks who can beat it like he's like he's just wow, he's a just a fucking shit. piece of shit hustler is incredible.
1: I can't believe people keep finding pennies in his folds.
0: (laughs) How the DNC helped spread the Seth Rich conspiracy theory.
2: You know, one thing I think is important to talk about is it's not to let the sort of uh, the DNC off the hook because like obviously the, you know, there's lots of like right wing media and Assange and stuff help spread this conspiracy theory. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think DNC, you know, Uh, had a massive role, number one, by having such shitty security that these emails were hacked in the first place. Imagine the amount of pain that could have been uh, prevented if they just had their IT security locked down (laughs) so so this hack couldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah. And uh, of course, they also, you know, they acted a little bit shady in that they um, acceding to the FBI's request to uh, investigate their servers. And they instead hired a the private security firm uh, CrowdStrike. It's almost like they just didn't want to look incompetent. And
1: so instead, I mean, they should have, in retrospect, gone to PCTower.uk and just <laughs> asked them to be on the case. It would have been better than CrowdStrike. But
2: Yeah. So in uh, November of 2017, BuzzFeed published a a story about Robert Johnstone, uh, the cybersecurity investigator with the firm CrowdStrike. Here's what that story says. The party had hired CrowdStrike essentially in the place of the FBI. To this day, the Bureau has not had access to the DNC servers. DNC officials said they made the eyebrow-raising choice to go with a private firm because they were worried they'd lose control of their operations right in the middle of a campaign. Not only that, but the FBI was investigating Hillary Clinton's use of private email server. Better, the DNC figured, to handle things privately. It was a decision that would cast a shadow of doubt over the investigation, even though cybersecurity experts have widely accepted Johnson's main findings.
1: So the story continues to be the Republicans are vicious. The Democrats are incompetent.
2: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like so consistent. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's that. And like, yeah, it's just if they if the if they were a little bit more competent and a little bit more, you know, less shady, just just uh, just lots and lots of pain could have been avoided.
1: Yeah, but it's funny because I think every, like, every operation is like this. Like, no one's really securing shit. Their security's garbage. Oh. As soon as they're targeted by, like, a halfway decent, like, hacking organization, they're split wide open. That includes the big tech companies.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like, the, there's an incredible, yeah, uh, data breach epidemic going now. It's like private information is getting hacked and leaked and sold and on the dark web all the time, every yeah. day. And it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's an awful situation. And what God, you know, what really blows me away about the whole Seth Rich conspiracy theory is the amount of resources and pain that sort of expended over nothing, like all of the lawsuits, all of the media coverage over nothing, all of the heated social media arguments over nothing. Just a a bullshit fantasy narrative that was designed to sort of uh, throw the scent off of basically what what Russia was doing.
1: I think it's tight that it's like a domino effect, essentially. It's like Hillary Clinton is a crazy hawk, and so that imprisons Julian Assange and like basically red-pills him, and then he goes and cahoots with the Russians because he wants Trump, and then now Trump is president. Yeah, right. So, you know... Blame, blame Hillary? No, I'm kidding. But it's a domino to Hillary as well. Like it's right. all dominoes of just like okay. yeah.
0: Multiple parties failed at various steps yeah. along the way to bring us uh, Actually, what yeah. is our current reality. You yeah, can't. Multiple really... people were dishonest along the way. Yeah, yeah. multiple people were dishonest. Uh, multiple people. Uh, acted uh, shadily to protect their own interests. You know, yeah. uh, we live in a world that is so, so ruled by uh, power and control and, uh, you know, uh, not wanting to let anyone's dirty laundry get aired out that the truth became uh, buried under piles of
1: horseshit. I mean, <laughs> we know if we trace it back all the way, it's Antifa. 100%. I, but, well, yes, they I, did this. this the social true. justice warriors allied themselves with Antifa to be become terrorists yeah when you
0: well yeah if you wear a a mask and you look like a criminal you are a criminal right it it
1: reminds me of that gorka line from the last premium episode where he he was just like the sj it's like he he literally mentions the gas chambers and then the next line is the sjw's are not aware that they're going down this very path it's like what to the gas chambers (laughs) because they they want to use pronouns yeah, right. we all know that Hitler was like: first of all, stop <laughs> calling gay people f words. Second of all, let's install the gas chambers. <laughs>
2: right, Hitler was the biggest PC snowflake. I'm yeah, sure. you, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He was so antifa.
2: <laughs> the story
0: of William Morgan, with Jake Rakotansky. History repeats itself. Seth Rich is the reboot, but as is usually the case, the original is much, much better. Listeners, I bring you the story of William Morgan, the original Seth Rich. The year was 1826, the year of our Lord. Andrew Jackson the Terrible was the ruler of the United States of America, a vast, ugly country rife with injustice and violence, as are most of the kingdoms of men. However, dear listener, our story is not about Jackson the Awful, not yet, anyways. It begins with a man named William Morgan. Morgan was born in Culpeper, a small colony in the state of Virginia in 1774, year of our Lord. As a young man, he held a myriad of occupations. He laid stone bricks to mortar as a local bricklayer and put in long days as a stonecutter, all the while stocking away precious gold and silver in the hopes of one day opening a shop of his own. Eventually, he got his wish and Morgan owned and operated a small store in Richmond, Virginia. But Morgan wasn't satisfied. He enlisted in the military and climbed to the respectable rank of captain, even fighting in the brutal and bloody War of 1812. Maybe. The Wikipedia page suggests
1: (laughs) (laughs) You fucking broke in kayfabe because you're a lazy fucking researcher?
0: The Wikipedia page suggests that Morgan was a pathological liar, and that although the name William Morgan appeared in various militia roles from the correct time period, none held the rank of captain. But I digress. In October of 1819, year of our Lord, Morgan married the young and beautiful Lucinda Pendleton in Richmond, Virginia. They had two children, Lucinda Jr. <laughs> and Thomas. And shortly thereafter, Morgan moves his family to York, Canada, where he opens a brewery, as one does in Canada. Here in Canada, is where our story really begins. Morgan was heading home one night when the sounds of laughter and merriment and the strong scent of expensive cigars lured him away from his regular route. A heavy drinker and gambler, Morgan hoped that if he found the culprits responsible for the noise, he would also find a place to wet his whistle and spend his hard-earned gold. The good vibes seemed to be emanating from the local Masonic Lodge. The Masons were an extremely popular secret society whose members were deeply entrenched in some of the most powerful positions in the entire country. Morgan had heard strange tales about what went on behind those walls, and on this particular evening, he decided he would find out. Morgan sauntered up to the entrance, where two large, brutish men were standing guard. Gudiantif, might I partake in thou's drink and thou's smoke? Perhaps. But does
2: thou havest any bitches with him, or is the gentleman alone?
0: I admit, sir, that the gentleman (laughs) traveleth alone. My bitch, as you say, is at home tending to Thomas and Lucinda Jr. After conferring for what seemed like a fortnight, one of the guards disappeared behind a wooden door. The remaining guard fixed his gaze on Morgan, neither telling him to stay or to leave. Eventually, the first guard returned. My
2: apologies, sir, but tonight's event is for bros only. (laughs) Morgan looked disappointed.
0: <laughs> My heart is filled with sadness, but alas, rules are rules. The guards nodded respectfully and settled back into their post. As Morgan turned to leave, a thought jumped into his tiny pedestrian brain. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, but say, say I wanted to become a brother. What say you then?
2: The two guards shared a knowing glance. Come back tomorrow at 3.33 p.m. If you've got what it takes, we'd welcome you with open arms and mouths.
0: That's completely gratuitous. Morgan was slightly confused by the gentleman's words, but nevertheless, the very next day, he was standing in front of the Masonic Lodge at 3.32 PM, one minute early. When his watch struck the agreed upon time, the heavy wood door opened with an extraordinary groan, and two men, wearing yellow and red robes and hoods, grabbed Morgan by the arms, plunged a sack over his head, and pulled him inside the lodge. Morgan listened as the heavy wooden doors closed shut behind him. Where are you taking me? Unhand me! But the men were too powerful. Morgan felt himself being ushered into what felt like a cramped room. At once, his blindfold was off him, and he stared into a faceless man clothed in pitch-black robes. His breath reeked of onions and garlic. He hissed at Morgan. I am death. I am the beginning. And I am the end. And lurking around every corner in between. Do you pledge, swear on your soul, that you will be a brother to one and to all until your soul is in my grasp? Yes, I swear it. Bones to dust, blood to me. What? And with that, the blindfold was back over his head and Morgan was rushed into a different room. A bellowing voice echoed from a far corner of the chamber.
2: You will now face the trial of one thousand arrows. Only those worthy of brotherhood will suffer at the hands of their brothers, thus cementing the bond. Bones to dust.
0: Blood to be. Morgan was then hoisted up on what felt like a long, thin piece of wood. Disembodied hands shoved him forward as he traversed the balancing beam. Sharp wax from what felt like rolled-up newspaper peppered his legs, causing him to yelp and reach down to prepare...
3: (laughs)
1: Come on. Uh, What was he reaching down to protect, Jake? Uh,
0: Causing him to yelp and reach down to protect his penis and scrotum.
1: Mm, Both of them.
0: (laughs) But the torture subsided, and Morgan was guided into a much larger room. He could tell by the cool air pressed against his genitals. Oh, yes. At at this point, uh, Morgan's trousers and underpants had long been taken.
1: (laughs) How does air press itself to genitals? (laughs)
0: All of a sudden, the blindfold was off, and Morgan gazed in awe as a tall man in full Masonic robes stood atop a golden altar flanked by thirty other brothers, all in full regalia. Do you accept this responsibility of truth, liberty, and brotherhood? My apologies, King, but this is absolutely ridiculous. Some of the brothers gasped i have come here to drink of your drink and smoke of your smoke and i have been treated like a fisherman from dunfork so be it return to your life of worry and regret i shall enjoy this child all to myself child from out the shadows crept a young boy perhaps in his early teens he carefully approached the altar morgan's eyes went wide he had never seen such a child before suddenly he desperately wanted to stay The boy stood next to the Master Mason and delicately held out his palm. Morgan watched, mouth agape, as the Master Mason plunged a small blade into the boy's palm. He shuddered as he saw the boy wince as blood poured forth from the wound. The Master Mason lowered his head to drink. Wait! The room fell silent. Who dared to interrupt the Master in the middle of such a sacred ritual? I wish to pledge my life to truth, liberty, and brotherhood. There was a long silence as the Master Mason stood motionless at the center of the altar, carefully poring over Morgan's words. Finally, he spoke. Do you of sound mind and body enter into this sacred fraternity and swear upon your soul to guard its secrets with your life? I do, sir. So be it. Drink of the child and seal the bond that only death can break. Morgan cautiously approached the altar, his entire body burning with the energy of 1,000 suns. And then, blackness. When Morgan awoke, he was surrounded by a strange group of men. He's coming too.
1: Give him air, give him air.
0: Morgan sat up, his palm pressed firmly to his forehead. His head ached. What? What happened? The master mason emerged from the group of men. They fell silent. What happened, my friend, is you became a brother. The men cheered. Ice-cold, frothy mugs of drink were thrust into Morgan's hands as he felt himself being hoisted onto shoulders. A lit cigar, its embers casting a rich haze over the crowd, shoved into his grinning mouth. From that moment, William Morgan's entire life changed. And, as he would find out, these events would seal his fate. Morgan led a double life. By day, he laid bricks for a local contractor, and at night, he would don the golden yellow robes and consume amounts of liquor fit for 10 men. He feasted on the entrails of children and grew more powerful every day. Before long, Morgan himself became a master mason, and his lodge became infamous among the Canadian lodges. And yet, Morgan wasn't satisfied. He had heard that the lodges in Batavia, New York, threw galas worthy of kings and queens and were told to have the healthiest and most beautiful children in all the land. On the streets of Batavia, Morgan once again found himself in a familiar circumstance, waltzing up to the doors of a Masonic lodge, seeking admittance. But times had changed. This time, Morgan thought, he was a master. He would be welcomed with open arms and showered with rare gifts. He approached the gatekeeper. "'Good morrow, brothers!' He stretched out his hand with two fingers ready to interlock, the Masonic handshake of peace and brotherhood. The guards seemed confused. "'Ah, pardon me, kind sir, but uh, the handshake you present is not familiar to me, nor my brother Elvin.' "'My dear brother, clearly there has been a simple misunderstanding, as I am a master at the temple in York. I promise that I have eaten many children and am more than worthy of entry to this lodge.' Okay, let me check. The guard disappeared momentarily. Morgan was fuming. He'd given the better part of two years to the Lodge, only to be denied entry like a common civilian by some dim-witted doorman with a bad case of gout. The guard reappeared. Yeah, I'm sorry, pal, you can't come in. I demand I speak with your superior. Look, buddy, I just talked to him, and you know what he said? Can't come in. And what, may I ask, was his reasoning? Look, pal, I just watched the door, okay? If you want to really take it up with the big guy, write a letter, tape it to a pigeon, and fly it through the fucking window. I don't care. Morgan was dumbfounded. Someone had sent word. He began to grow madder and madder at the idea that there were those in his order unconfident of his loyalty. He quickly returned back to his town of York, eager to confront his brothers and settle the score. When he arrived, they were already waiting for him. One of the brothers stepped forward.
2: Brother Morgan... For too long, you have disrespected the sacred order of this lodge. Lies!
1: It is true. This man attempted to store his devil's dandelions in my sock drawer.
2: Not only that, he owes me 400 pieces of gold. He gambled it away at the bathhouse in Tonkin. Oh, my
1: God.
2: (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. This is the greatest day of my life. Morgan looked deeply hurt. Brother Julian, a gentleman asked me but to hold his stash for a spell. Surely someone must have stolen it from me and placed it in your sock drawer as an effort to frame me. Brother Travis, I have sworn time and time again I can repay my debt come December with Christmas tidings. It is too late. This lodge has unanimously voted. Your membership is revoked. And with that, they shoved Morgan through the old wooden door he first stood in front of so long ago cast out into the street like a common thief. On that day, as his clothes grew heavy, soaked with rain, Morgan vowed that he would take revenge. After all, he was now privy to valuable secrets of the Masonic order. If he couldn't revel in their opulence, no one would. In the coming days, Morgan penned a scandalous tell-all detailing the strange and demonic rituals hidden deep behind the thick wooden walls of every Masonic lodge. Bowdiness. debauchery, and necromancy. As he sat at a small table in his attic, the words poured out from him as if some dark spirit was compelling him to wither his quill down to a dullish nub. When all was said and done, the report was nothing short of earth shattering and was certain to destroy the entire Masonic party upon its release. Better yet, Morgan knew exactly where to take it. David Cade Miller was a local publisher at the time, a roguish man who cared not for rules or pleasantries, On a dreary morning of 1826, Morgan and Miller would meet for the first time. They had arranged to cross paths at a local general store. When Miller arrived, Morgan was waiting. I have information that would bring about the arrest of Andrew Jackson. Um, uh, I'm
1: listening. Just shoot it over to my Proton Mail.
0: The order to which he belongs, the Masons, are engaging in heinous acts so disgusting, I would beg you not read them over your breakfast.
1: And how do I know you're to be believed?
0: Morgan held up a near 100-page manuscript. Because I've written them all down, here, in this manuscript, as best I could, directly from the archives themselves.
1: Uh, If what you say is true, surely you risk your life in coming here?
0: That is without a doubt, good sir, but perhaps, if the truth is known, many more lives will be saved. Also... I would like half of all the profits.
1: Half? Uh, Sir, I'd piss in your pants at such a preposterous demand.
0: No matter. Countless publications would commit murder for such a scoop. I only came because I was told you're the best.
1: Twenty-five percent. And you have my word you'll be protected. And protect
0: he did. Miller was a man of his word. Once the Masons learned that Morgan had set out to betray them, they cast him in their sights and were relentless in their efforts to silence both him and Miller. They attempted to set fire to Miller's office and print shop to no avail. But low-level arson thugs were not the only weapons the Masons employed. Deep connections within law enforcement agencies, had Morgan arrested for a defaulted loan, and he was thrown into debtor's prison. But Miller was there to bail him out. In fact, Miller became so involved with the case that he became respected and loved amongst William Morgan's friends and family. However, in their circle, Miller became known by a different name. The White Wizard. But even the wizard was no match for a powerful secret order of the Masons. Morgan was arrested again, this time over a two-pence bar tab he neglected to pay. That night, while the jailer was away, a group of hired gang members bribed the jailer's wife to remand William Morgan into their custody. He was never seen again. In October of 1827, a bloated and badly decomposed body washed up on shore. The body was said to belong to Morgan and was buried as such. But not everyone was convinced. Miller released Morgan's transcript, which became wildly popular, sparking seeds of distrust in the powers that be and cementing Morgan as a symbol of free speech and free press. It became such a popular issue that average civilians began poring over Morgan's text, looking for clues as to what really had happened to him. An anti-Masonry movement began to form, roping in great American leaders such as the great John Quincy Adams. Eventually, the Sheriff of Niagara was arrested, tried, and sentenced to 28 months for his role in the kidnapping, with several other light sentences for the accomplices. The public was outraged. They passed notes of paper between one another that read, quote, "'Laws for thee, but not for me,' with crude drawings of President Jackson on them. Morgan's widow went on to marry Joseph Smith, the founder of the Church of Latter-day Saints, and her late husband, William Morgan, was vicariously baptized as Mormon posthumously. Wait, this is true? This is true.
1: She married the guy who found, supposedly found the plates in the mountain? Yeah. Jesus.
0: On September 13th, 1882, year of our Lord, on September 13th, 1882, a statue of Morgan was erected in the Batavia Cemetery. Inscribed at its base are the following words. Sacred to the memory of W.M. Morgan, a native of Virginia a captain in the war of 1812, a respectable citizen of Batavia, and a martyr to the freedom of writing, printing, and speaking the truth. He was abducted from near this spot in the year 1826 by Freemasons and murdered for revealing the secrets of their order. Some who are prone to conspiracy theories would still wonder who really lies at the bottom of that tomb. On the day Morgan's body was discovered, it was said that another woman identified the body As her missing husband, Timothy Monroe, by way of the clothes he was wearing when he washed ashore. One group of Freemasons denied that Morgan was killed, that instead they had paid him 500 gold pieces to leave the country. Some say he fled to Albany, while others insist he fled to the Cayman Islands, where he was hanged as a pirate. All we really know is one thing for sure. His name was William Morgan.
1: Is the pirate thing a Captain Morgan reference?
0: No, he. That's real shit. That's like a real rumor that was going <laughs> course, on at the time yeah, that, the, yeah, yeah. that he
1: had he had fled to the Cayman Islands. he yeah. had
0: been hanged as a pirate.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's like the uh, like this famous dead person was spotted in in Mexico. Yeah, that's something. like
0: yeah that they they keep seeing Tupac in fucking Jamaica and shit.
1: Good job, man. Beautiful story. Yeah. Don't know who did those voices, but it sounded amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah, it sounded great. Whoever we got. Yeah, specifically Guard 1. Yeah, Guard 1 was probably the best. The best of I really think that dude's going to be, yeah, I think he's going to be nominated for Best Supporting for sure. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, probably Best Original Screenplay maybe. Um, what would be uh, our version of the Oscars? What would it be named? Do we have to pick a first name it'd like be call- Oscar? It'd be called like The Shitties. <laughs> it would be called <laughs> The Denny's. Yeah, The Denny's. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the QAnon Anonymous Podcast. Our goal is to become a self-sustaining show. We plan on providing more streaming and live content, maybe even doing a live show and design some nice merch. Uh, That's why we're trying to put together a couple of salaries, all of which will help fund Jake buying
2: a second shirt. (laughs) Oh that's a good shirt we're just saying first that first one is good but yeah another one yeah so that's all we am saying
1: yeah it could be like your second shirt could be our merch shirt <laughs>
0: you can help us by going to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribing for five dollars a month uh, you won't just be supporting us you'll also get access to a dank stash of premium episodes plus a new one every single
1: week thank you Our Twitters are at QAnon Anonymous at Travis underscore view at Julian Field with two E's at the end there and at
2: Real Rocketansky. Listener, until next week may the deep dish bless you and keep you It's not a
3: conspiracy it's fact And now today's
1: auto-cue Not just that but the SPLC is trying to quote Travis View calling him a QAnon researcher and co-host of a QAnon Anonymous podcast. QAnon Anonymous podcast.
0: QAnon Anonymous podcast.
1: No, he's not a QAnon researcher. He's a troll. He's a total shill that hangs out on Twitter and on the internet and tries to lie and discredit his way into fame. He's being paraded around the mainstream media as being some sort of QAnon expert. He's absolutely
2: not.
0: He's absolutely not. He's absolutely not. He's absolutely not.